Newsbreak podcast. A very good morning to you. Welcome to the program. A little bit colder than usual today in Durban. Um, but definitely it's a perfect opportunity and time to cozy up to your radio and get comfortable with another hot conversation about so many things, doing the rounds and making trends across South Africa. I'm Tariya Shari Prashad. This is Newsbreak on Lotus FM and we are bringing you today Cutting Edge Current Affairs. Um, and like I said to you yesterday when we last spoke, that um, we were going to talk about politics today and it's been a long time since we have. So I'm looking forward to um, having that conversation with you today. Um, lots going on politically and I can't wait to get into it. And I think the big one currently doing the rounds is the fact that it's the ANC, NEC meeting taking place this weekend. And there's so much of whisperings and mutterings in the air about what is taking place here, what is happening here. At this point, allegations and reports coming through that there have been that there have been calls for President Salomaposa to step down. That's a major speculation. Um, this is following his letter issued to ANC members about the levels of corruption within the party. Of course, he was citing the Nazrek resolutions at the 54th ANC National um, Conference about how to deal decisively with corruption, uh, outlining several indicators there. And many have criticised his tone. Many have criticised his accusations levelled against uh, ANC members. Some have said that he has failed to defend the ANC and the ANC's integrity um, with regard to the fight against corruption and a counter letter, would you believe, coming through from uh, former President Jacob Zuma. Unprecedented that move, I must add, but he addressed an open letter to the president and calling the letter ultimately fundamentally flawed in several aspects. And it's uh, uh, basically suggesting that the letter played into the hands of those who have sought to destroy the ANC and uh, you know, to, uh, tried to paint the ANC as a counter-revolutionary party. So a lot of discussion coming through. Um, I, I, I want to get more details about this. I want to find out a little bit more about it. So we're going to take you live then to Johannesburg, where we're um, talking to our senior political reporter, Abongile Dumako, who's joining us now on the line to tell us the latest. He's been keeping very close tabs on the ANC-NEC meeting that's taking place this weekend. Good afternoon to you, Abongile. Thanks for your time. Good afternoon. Thank you. Abongile, give us the latest. We understand that a lot of uh, mutterings coming out of this. As uh, Whenever there's an ANC, NEC meeting, there's a lot of suggestions clouding out of the space. What's the latest now? It's all about speculation at this point in time. Uh, amongst those that are coming out from sources that you cannot really confirm as yet is the fact that uh, the letter that you just spoke about as well that uh, was subsequent to that of Cyril, of Cyril Ramaphosa from uh, the one that was written by Jacob Zuma actually was uh, added onto the agenda, which came out uh, quite as a surprise for the NEC meeting, which had already had its initial agenda, which was going to tackle the issue of corruption, the issue of the deployment of uh, former Tegwini Mayor Zandi Legumet to the provincial legislature of KwaZulu-Natal, also, the issue of uh, the two officials from Limpopo province, uh, Florence Ratilani, and of course, the NMCs are having been reinstated back to the party, even though they they were fingered uh, on the VPS mutual bank scandal in that province. 
And of course, uh, Jesse Duarte, when we spoke to her last week about uh, what was going to be discussed in the NEC, confirming as well that they will talk more about corruption and, of course, what's transpiring in society regarding service delivery that seems to have been shadowed by the reports on corruption on the issue of uh, tender, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 PPE tenders during this COVID-19 pandemic. But things took uh, quite a, a, a turn uh, on late, uh, late last week when the letter from the former President Jacob Zuma was actually sent to, uh, the open letter sent to Cyril Ramaphosa, where he was saying that, of course, that that letter, which was condemning corruption within the ANC, was flawed. It really shows that uh, Ramaphosa lacks leadership, uh, he doesn't have the stamina or the ability to lead the party yeah. to the right direction. So we've subsequently seen a lot of wind in as far as uh, the stepping aside of Ramaphosa is concerned. Tony Engeni, an NEC member, of course, take, take, taking his pen as well, writing a letter to say, if President Ramaphosa says he's clean, he's corruption-free, then he must prove it to, to the NEC. And if he's not, he must be the first one to step aside and vacate his office immediately. Yeah, and I think what it's then suggesting is that President Sildamaposa is himself being hauled off to the ANC's Integrity Committee, and this is in relation to the funding for his uh, CR17 campaign and the build-up to uh, the 54th ANC conference there. What can you tell us about that? We've seen the tweets making the rounds uh, 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 that uh, he's been, he's, he's sort of saying that if you feel uh, you need to prosecute me, inverted commas, I'm, I'm ready to go to the Integrity Commission. Uh, strangely and subsequently to that is that uh, the ANC Secretary General, Ace Mahashule, as well, did receive a letter last week, in fact, on, on Friday, saying that he also has to come to the Integrity Commission, George Mashamba, chairperson of that commission, directing his, the letter to his office, uh, saying that Mahashule, we need to meet. They were supposed to have met this weekend, but because of this NEC meeting, meeting, it couldn't happen. And then George Mashamba saying that early next week from tomorrow, that is Monday, all the way up until Wednesday, between the, the, this next couple of days, they need to meet with him. Now, subsequent to that, we hear that Ramaphosa is also from the sources, of course, in that NEC meeting that says that he's willing to sit in front of the Integrity Commission. He's willing to talk about the CR17 campaign, the Busasa involvement in that donation. So really a lot that's coming out, which basically mostly is, 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 uh, is uh, you know, suspicion, rumors. Normally, if I may add, uh, after a, a thingy, a, a press conference or rather an NEC meeting, they usually call a press conference on the, the following week on a Tuesday or on a Wednesday to give us a detailed, you know, our report or out, outcomes of the, that, uh, that, that particular NEC meeting. So it kind of wait in anticipation what really is going to come out from that. Yeah, and I think another one, Abongile, and and I'll remind you, a lot of this is just the mutterings we're getting from um, Lutuli House and in terms of what is happening with regard to the NEC meeting, but another muttering we're getting is that possible cabinet reshuffle. Indeed, we've had that as well. I've seen uh, reports uh, from, uh, you know, international media as well, saying that there's a likelihood that uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa will address the nation this week uh, top of what is expected to dwell much on is is the cabinet reshuffle. We've also heard rumors uh, that um, even the finance department will see some changes happening there. Quite scary to hear that because as an ordinary South African, one cannot help but uh, wonder then who's going to be next to actually handle our finances as the country. So even in that front, we kind of wait in anticipation as to what's going to transpire because it would seem that there's fireworks uh, taking place in that NEC meeting. There's quite a lot of, uh, you know, tension 
functionalism deepening in the, in, within the ANC, transpiring or coming out to the vibe we're getting uh, from those who are our sources inside the saying that there's a lot of you know fireworks taking place. So really, really interesting times ahead indeed, especially if you look at the fact that there's that looming cabinet reshuffle to be announced by President Cyril Ramaphosa. I'm going to remind you at home, hey, these are all speculations. And like Abongile is telling us, they are unverified um, reports coming through. So please don't assume that this everything that we're trying to understand right now and look at is going to actually come into fruition. Abongile, I mean, I, I interrupted you there by talking about the cabinet reshuffle. But when you spoke about that Integrity Commission's letter uh, to Ace Magashule, um, and what we heard officially from the ANC then was that... Um, uh, he had not formally, um, you know, uh, Esma Goshule had not formally received that letter. So I want to ask you, what is known about the verification of that letter? Is it authentic? The letter has since been verified just a couple of hours ago that the Secretary General just directly confirming to the media that uh, indeed the letter is authentic and Asma Khashoggi has since received that letter because when it was emailed, in fact, to his office, his BA, that is now Asma Khashoggi, was included, and the office manager at the office of the Secretary General of the ANC was copied in that email. So it's authentic, it's confirmed that George Mashama, chairperson of the Integrity Commission, did communicate in the form of a letter to Asma Khashoggi, wanting him to come to the Integrity Commission and explain himself what he meant during an SABC interview late last month, in last month, saying that he would never step aside just by me being fingered or in, uh, accused of, of corruption without evidence, which actually is actually against the 54th uh, resolution, the 54th uh, elective conference of the ANC, uh, which you also covered. That said, if you are fingered in any way with uh, uh, or there is a court process against you that has to do with corruption, then you have to step aside. It's actually saying no. He is not going to do that. So George Machama, the chairperson of that commission, wants to get a sense of what he meant and basically does that mean now he's actually undermining the, the resolutions of a, of a national elective conference. Mm, interesting. Abungila, final question for you is leave us and get back to keeping your ear firmly close there on the uh, Lutuli door. Um, Give us a very brief, because this leads me into the next uh, sort of discussions I'm going to be having on the program. Help us understand um, the levels and the cases of COVID-19 corruption that the ANC is particularly concerned about right now. We do know that uh, Kusila Diko has been uh, relieved of her duties currently with regard to that. And I think there have been cases, many other such cases. So give us a... Uh, I know Khao Teng has had their fair share of... Um, cases of PPE fraud allegations. Give us an understanding as to what the ANC is sitting with right now with regard to PPE uh, corruption. Basically, uh, this weekend we're actually at this, uh, awaiting for a, a report from the Integrity Commission of Gauteng uh, under the leadership, of course, of the Secretary General of the Party in the province, uh, Jacob Kawe, which uh, was going to tell us what was the final decision then uh, of, of of having met with uh, Kusala Digo the MEC of Gauteng in Health, uh, Mandil, Dr. Mandela Matsugu and his wife, Loiso, uh, after having been uh, embroiled in a PPE tender scandal, which involves, of course, the husband of this, uh, the uh, presidential spokesperson, Kusela Tigo. Well, that couldn't really happen because of the fact that there is this halabaloo now about the MEC meeting that is still going ahead. Of course, it does come as a concern to the ANC uh, that uh, such uh, senior political, uh, you know, uh, ANC members deployed in government are able to 
to be involved in such, uh, you know, issues. And of course, the issue of Ismakashule's funds in the province of Free State, 2.8 million rand worth of tender, PPE tenders awarded to them. And of course, many going to say that this is because of the, uh, the, 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 the proximity of their father to that province, which is now the Free State province. So there's a lot that, of, that is happening that is actually worrying the ANC, which actually led to that open letter, seven-page letter by President Cyril Ramaphosa of the ANC, saying that uh, ANC members are seemingly now accused, number one, when it comes to corruption. It really does bring a bit of a dark cloud over the ANC, especially looking at the fact that next year, 2021, local government elections will be taking place. The ANC can't afford to have any you know, dent in it as far as its image is concerned at this point in time. So they are trying to do damage control, but it doesn't seem it's going to be easy for the ANC president, Cyril Ramaphosa, if you look at what transpired just hours, if you like, before the ANC meeting took place uh, on Friday. Abongile Dumako, our political reporter, giving us the latest. Thanks for your time, Abongile. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you so much. Okay, there you go. In a nutshell, what's going on in the NEC right now? And nothing confirmed, like I've indicated, but we all know whatever the mutterings suggest within the ANC and the NEC uh, doesn't come without any sort of... um, you know, future play out. So I think it's important to be aware and mindful of these things. Okay, so that's what we're talking about here today. We're looking forward to that ANC, um, NEC meeting. What are they discussing? There corruption on the agenda, some great tensions coming through. Uh, we want to look at PPE um, corruption allegations and uh, we've been trying to get word from the ANC for you. Obviously, as you've heard from Abongile, they're locked in the meeting, so nobody's able to talk to us right now. Um, did expect that because, you know, ultimately the weekend is set aside then for the engagement. So we can't uh, speak to the ANC members that we want to speak with um, about the about what's happening in those meetings and various other thoughts about pronouncements we've seen this week. But here was a very interesting one and another one that I think is going to get you um, really, really interested interested to discuss. Embattled ANC member of the provincial legislature in KwaZulu-Natal, Zandile Gomede, will continue to receive her salary while she waits to appear before the party's integrity commission. Gomede and the ANC's deputy provincial chair, Mike Mabuyakulu, have been asked to step aside from their positions both in the party and in government while their corruption cases remain pending. Gomede was sworn in as a member of the provincial legislature last week and Mabuyakulu was not deployed in the government after the 2019 elections. He has been serving as the party's deputy provincial chairperson in the province. Vusi Makosini compiled this report. The provincial officials had a discussion with our provincial deputy chairperson, Comrade Michael Maguyakulu and Comrade Zandile Kumate, who unfortunately both of them are facing what the conference has defined as prosecutorial, prosecutorial procedures. The primary objective of this political discussion was to ascertain the contribution of these comrades. Firstly, to understand the situation relating to their ongoing cases, but also to gain an understanding on their part on how best, in their respective opinions, the movement which they belong to can be insulated from the challenges they face in order to safeguard its integrity and standing in society. The briefing by the ANC in Guazunatal come as the party start its three-day NEC meeting in Pretoria. Just eight days after Kumede was sworn in into the provincial legislature, the ANC in the province has somewhat changed its tune, asking her to step aside temporarily. The party says the decision comes after immense public outcry over Kumede's redeployment. 
the party's provincial chairperson, Sihlezgalala. And in this case, we are saying as the ANC, yes, politically, there was a decision taken. We have implemented it. There is a response from the society. And we must show that we are listening to the society too, while we don't undermine the rights of the comrades who are affected. So that's why we are saying we are taking the matter to the Integrity Commission. So the best we have found in solving this situation is this process, which was defined by the National Conference. Both Kumet and Mabeakulu will now recuse themselves from participating in party activities and Kumete from her duties as a member of the provincial legislature. But Zigalala says she will continue to receive more than one million rand salary in this time. In case you've got a suspension in the industry you are working in, what happens? You get suspended, <clears throat> suspension with pay. But in our case, we are saying, yes, this government will not resign, but they are stepping down. But we would want to see the Integrity Commission working on this case with speed. We know that the next cry is about paying people who are not at work. So we are going to ensure that the matter is expedited. The party's provincial executive committee says similar methods of recourse will also apply to other leaders who are facing charges in court. The affected members will not be permitted to contest for positions during conferences until they are cleared by the party's integrity commission. Meanwhile, the ANC in the province says national leadership have long been aware of the planned decision to redeploy Kumete to the provincial legislature. I am Vusi Makosin in Devon. There you go, the important information coming through there. Just ahead of that NEC meeting, this decision taken place, uh, very much in line with, I think, you know, some resolutions taken at Nazrek, um, where those who, you know, have been found guilty of wrongdoing needs to be hauled over to the Integrity Commission. So, Zandele Gumede, you know, stepping aside from her duty, still receiving her salary, and... Um, investigations likely to continue they're interesting to say the least but i'm going to go to whatsapp now before we join um professor soma dodafikeni who's going to be talking to us analytically about all of this and giving us some sort of understanding and insight into a great deal of um political ramblings that are taking place currently in the ruling party so let's go to some voice notes then i'll say good morning good afternoon then to mr a.n governor good afternoon taresh and the news break team this weekend the african national congress executive committee has a serious choice to make it is envisaged that the council of elders who headed by former President Kalema Motlante will investigate corruption in the ANC should there be no progress. The deployment of cadres must cease and candidates must be chosen on merit without a criminal record. Individuals who benefit from theft will fight tooth and nail to protect themselves from the law and accountability. Politicians who step aside should not be permitted to continue receiving salaries when they have taken a leave of absence. We would like to see comrades and cadres in the dock with orange overalls, notwithstanding their status or position. Their bank accounts must be frozen and all their assets attached. They must serve their full term and not be released on parole. Thank you. 
Thanks for your feedback today, Mr. Governor. Let's go to some text messages. Ramba Mudli from Phoenix. Uh, another farming couple murdered in Newcastle. I'm very sad. Uh, Puvin says the ANC NEC is going to be a lot of hot air. Ace, Azuma Acolyte needs to be fired. A real divisive member of the ANC. I'd love to be a fly on the wall in that meeting. I know, Puvin. <laughs> I wish I was... I'd make tea in that meeting just to listen to to what they have to say. Uh, Minty says, all those ANC corrupt officials are running scared now. The rope is tightening on them. The letters and calls for the president to step down is a sign of them being guilty of corruption. Minty also says, good uh, that the 16-year-old child that was shot by the police is sad. My condolences to the family. Logan Mudley says, I think it's time we stop waiting for the actions from the government. Instead, active citizens must start demanding from government clean governance of our country. SA belongs to all who live in it and we are ordinary citizens uh, should not allow this incompetent government to destroy our um, country any further. Yeah, so everybody eager, everybody interested to know um, What's going to happen at the meeting? Let's go to Bina Ramdhari, who sent us a voice note. Om Sai Ram, Bina. Om Sai Ram, Taresh. About forming a new party. If you didn't make it in your previous party, how will you make it in this party? If this doesn't work out, next year you'll open another party. My advice is all the members of parliament, if they put their brain together and use their brain together they will have we will have a beautiful country and no corruption less killing of members and less stealing thank you so much Bina Ramdari. great to listen to you all today thanks so much for the information you're putting forward when we come back we're going to be talking to professor somadoda Fikeni. Lotus FM salutes every woman. I'm Pastor Shirley Nika of the Gospel Hour. God's plan and purpose for women is to be the carriers of great destinies. Mother Mary carried God himself in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. She believed in him before conception, nudged him into performing miracles, watched him through the gruesome cross for the salvation of the world and awaited his resurrection. This is you, women of tenacity. Celebrate you this month. Lotus FM wishes you an empowered and happy Women's Month. Just before half past 12 on Newsbreak, I'll go to this message from Bully Mudley in Queensborough. Um, thank you so much for the kind words that you've sent. Really appreciate it. Uh, the question and answer in Parliament held on Thursday was not brought anything new to the table. It is the same old story of ducking, dodging and cover up the narrative rehashed and spoken to the nation in different combinations and permutations. Sadly, the nation remains helpless in dealing with this issue of self-enrichment by politicians through bribery and corruption. Uh, thank you for contributing today. Uh, Rambas of Woodview says, I fully agree with Mr. Governor. We all have to uh, fast and pray for our country. Mm. All right, cool. We'll come back to more messages just now. I'm very happy to be joined on the line by Professor Soma Doda Fikeni. I haven't spoken to you in a long time, Professor. I hope you've been well amid COVID-19. So far, we are fine and we hope you've uh, been fine as well. 
Yeah, doing our best and I think South Africans have a tale to tell after this. Hey, we've managed to make it. Um, barely, some may say. But I think uh, somebody barely managing to make it right now is the NEC because there's a lot of loggerheads we understand in Pretoria at the moment for the ANC-NEC meeting, Professor. And I just want to start the conversation off by asking you what are your perceptions of all that you've been seeing in the media and the build-up to this and over the weekend? Well, I do think that this clash was inevitable. It was actually being prepared for for the National General Council, which is the mid-term review of the ANC. When it was postponed because of COVID-19, then I think they looked at this opportunity and the current crisis to lock horns and fight it to the bitter end. And this is also exacerbated by the pressures coming from the society for law enforcement to move against those who are accused of corruption and those who have been found to have been corrupt. And this is beginning to come closer to some of the big weeks of the party. And uh, these are actually on both sides of uh, the factions because whilst others will talk of state capture under Zuma, those under Zuma and within Zuma's faction are now beginning to say we all look the same when they raise the issue of Cyril Ramaphosa's party funding, but also raise the more recent COVID-19 related corruption, which may implicate some of the people, no less than the person who is in the president's office, the spokesperson. Hmm. So this is the backdrop of it all. Um, and I think ma- many things to talk about, but I'm going to go first into this issue. Um, and I think, Professor, a couple of years ago, you and I spent a great deal of time talking about this at NASREC. Um, the image of a unified ANC was perverted at the conference and um, factionalism was something that the ANC was just so committed on on dissolving and you often said to me you find it hard to imagine how this is actually going to happen when there's such a deep um, divide in that level of factionalism and in the polarization of ideologies and 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 um, you know ambition in the ANC I want to ask you so many years later from Nazrek now it's clear that the factionalism is still really on a power play right now. And and, and, and I want to use the one example by citing this. You have a letter from President Ramaphosa, and in an unprecedented move, you have a response from a former president of the ANC and the Republic, President Jacob Zuma. Um, if that doesn't scream factionalism, I wonder what does, Professor? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I do think that we've reached a point where If anybody wanted to know what functionalism is, you no longer have to read your dictionary. You just have to look at ANC, because it now epitomized functionalism and deep divisions that we see. And it also shows the uh, backlash of the anti-corruption fight, which is now being weaponized as a political weapon where each side say it's a political witch hunt in order to dilute its criminality. Let's start with the Ramaphosa letter then. And um, 
and, and before we go to some of the meat of the letter, Professor, I think an interesting thing, and this of course came from Tony Ngeni, of, of, obviously, who who said that uh, if the president, if, if President Ramaphosa's hands are so clean, then you know he should be the one to step down. He should be the one that excuses himself. And of course, he's got issues from even before his presidency of the uh, CR17 campaign hanging over him. Uh, of course, the Busasa funding in that regard. Um, and now with COVID-19 under his watch, um, really, you know, uh, senior members of the ANC have finding, are finding themselves in several corruption allegations. So from that perspective, um, what do you think about that tone of Cyril Ramaphosa's letter? Many said it was as if he was shaking his finger at the ANC and telling them, you all are corrupt and you're, uh, you know, bad apples in that regard. But from an introspection perspective, how clean is President Sildamaposa's record? Well, I do think that he had to do what he had to do in terms of showing that ANC was serious about fighting corruption because the public outrage across the country to say how dare you steal even the money which is meant to protect the country during its most vulnerable period. And that in itself, I think, at one level was a PR exercise to say we are now going to do something and we are beginning to do something. But at another level, he might have been expressing frustrations of saying if I take it to the top six or the NEC, it won't have the tone and the texture of what I want to say because there it will be edited and over-edited precisely because some people are implicated. And that in itself, I think, is also against the backdrop of people who had initially supported him, who were now losing patience because they felt he lacked decisiveness. He lacks the courage of conviction in many things that he's doing. He's more trying to deal with the unity of the party rather than to deal with the national crisis that we face. In terms of the party financing, I do think that to be fair to him, you would have to subject all the five candidates who campaigned for ANC presidency rather than single him out. And then that will be a more principled position. And in so doing, you would not only look into the records of who funded who, but also put up a policy which may put a stop into this or at least have a disclosure, uh, you know, section in it or clause. Professor, I want to ask you if the tone of the letter elevated President Cyril Ramaphosa from the rank of other members. And of course, we do understand in the party dynamic, yes, he is the president of the party. But as a member of the ANC and as a cadre of the ANC, do you get the sense then that in his letter, he sort of removed himself from the situation, suggesting he's above law, he's above reproach. And this has been a major problem that ANC presidents have had of, of recent times. It's been a major reason for their demise, one could go as far as saying. And I, and I say this because he, you know, categorically stated a, a resolution from, from Nazarek where he said that the ANC should publicly 
disassociate itself from anyone, whether business donor, supporter or member accused of corruption or reported to be involved in corruption. Now, when you think of Bosasa, for example, those allegations, you know, not fully cleared and the CR17 campaign itself not fully cleared, the allegation still hangs over him. So by saying that, was it a contradiction? Because he's still very much, you know, uh, holding the reins of the party. One, the leader of the party is expected to speak in that particular tone. Uh, he would not hold back and say, I won't talk about this because there's the issue of the party funding, which he has explained to be something very legitimate that people go out campaigning and so forth. But at the same time, I do think that he must then subject himself to the same processes within the ANC. And it might also be tricky at this stage to say, anyone I choose off, and you leave it there. Because accusation itself has been weaponized now to say, even a person who is not yet implicated, just I choose them so that you weaken them politically. They ought to discuss a threshold to say, beyond accusations, what ought to be there. For example, have there been investigation, prima facie evidence, and you are now being charged? Then it's easier that way to say, here you do have a serious problem, and you would need to step aside, not to say you are guilty, but to allow for the process and save the reputation of the party. But if you were to just say, when I choose, you'll begin to realize that at times, even more recently, others were saying, Zorim, please step down because we are accusing you of being involved in tenders. And we waited for evidence. It has not yet come out. Had the accusation alone triggered him stepping down, then you would not have any government, any time. But once it is recurring, once it is serious, and there is a pattern around you and many other things, and you have not actually disputed those in any convincing manner more than to say, let's wait for the courts. The courts do take years. Therefore, the party would always be embroiled in these reputationally damaging instances, even when it is quite clear that certain things which are wrong are associated with a person consent. Yeah. And let's just also then add that the president, Sildamaposa himself, has said, well, I'm willing to, to appear onto the Integrity Commission. So I think that's in, his, in itself says he's also then uh, uh, open to the same sort of structures that anybody else within the ANC uh, would be expected to. Let's shift then, Professor, to the, uh, you know, Zuma letter that came through in retaliation to this. And I want to firstly ask you, um, Correct me if I'm wrong, this is unprecedented, right? I mean, I don't think a former president has, uh, well, I don't think President Jacob Zuma has previously, uh, you know, sort of broken a rank like this and really categorically um, pronounced on ANC matters to this public uh, a degree, isn't it? From him, it's unprecedented. But at the same time, we should recall in our recent history that Tabombeki, uh, you know, wrote to president of the ANC then 
who was not necessarily the president of the country, Jacob Zuma, in October 2008, after he had been ousted. He raised certain issues around the drift of the party. And, of course, he was lambasted, and he was chastised, he was told to shut up. And there was never any pointed response to the issues that were being raised. So now we do have instances of two presidents or former presidents who are grieved to write to those, uh, you know, sitting. The key issue is, are issues being raised, handled internally, or are they made public? And is there any systematic way of responding to those? Again, the likes of Hamed Kathrada and other stalwarts of the ANC then wrote to President Zuma and uh, to the ANC leadership when they were unhappy with the crisis within the party itself. They were ridiculed, they were called counter-revolutionaries, enemy agents, and that's where it ended. So that is the situation we've seen before. So the problem here is the inconsistency of the party on how it deals with these correspondences. Yeah. President Jacob Zuma, former President Jacob Zuma, and, and you know, this was particularly uh, strong what he said here. He said it, it, it you know, it, it, the letter serves to destroy the ANC, specifically if the, you know, head of the ANC pleads guilty on behalf of the ANC and calls the ANC members, rather, the accused number one. Um... Your thoughts on that? Because hadn't President Jacob Zuma himself constantly, uh, you know, preached this issue of, of, of acting out against corruption? Well, the problem with ANC is when political leaders speak in the policy conferences, you'll find that all of them are saying ANC is corrupt to the core. Mandela wrote that. His Secretary General wrote that. Maggie said the same, his SG said the same, Zuma said the same. They sometimes, more recently, say what they don't mean, and they mean what they don't say. That is the problem. The second part, if you talk the sum total of corruption in the public sector from municipalities to provincial to national government, the majority of people by association are ANC members who are involved because they are in power. So they are accused, number one, that how the public is seeing that. If he believes that they are all innocent or a majority of them are innocent, then he could be in another world because... All reports, whether it's in courses and Zuma talking about corruption in the branches, the vote buying and everything, it has become the social public of the ANC. Not to be self-critical and introspective is actually the flaw that ultimately may destroy the ANC itself. But the strategy of the letter was meant to trigger the branch membership insurrection against the president by saying he has accused you. But the reality is that the public 
the general public knows precisely the issue that if you talk of public sector corruption, the majority of cases are the ANC. By then, that makes the ANC accused number one. Mm. And sometimes, because they are in leadership roles, by omission or commission, they become accused number one because this thing is happening under their watch, even those who are not necessarily being corrupt. Mm. Professor, I want to say then, you know, I mean, take away... The, the the you know the fact that President Ramaphosa himself um, does not come with a, a, a purely clean slate, and there are instances where his name has been linked to corruption. Of course, a great um, constant narrative about his link to white monopoly capital, as it is called, in terms of the business world. Um, but. The issue of corruption has been a really, really strong one for um, over 10 years, I think, in its climax in South Africa. Um, Don't you think then that there needs to be a vociferous manner in which corruption within the ANC, within the ruling party is handled? I mean, you have a situation right now with the allegations of corruption of several billion rand in a time of COVID-19, when the nation has literally on their bended knees gone to the ANC, gone to the ruling party and said, I need your assistance, help me save my life. And yet the public purse was still looted. So taking all of this into account, don't you think... There's a time now where a sort of a stricter, stern, you know, almost um, authoritarian approach to speaking to ANC members is needed. And a retaliation like this, is it suggesting then that the ANC itself does not want to be brought to book, that they want this level of um, corruption culture to exist? Well... There are times when somebody is sick and a particular organ is weakened. It is usually other parts of the body, if I use the human anatomy, that come to rescue and build defenses. But there are times when you have multiple organ failure, when all other organs are compromised. That body can no longer on its own mount a defense to recover. I think we have reached that threshold for the ANC to say ANC on its own is so fundamentally compromised because its social fabric has been weaved with corruption and condonement of corruption. And even right now, the debate within the NEC is not about how to fight corruption. It is about, I'm corrupt, you are also corrupt, so don't accuse me. They have come for the guilt-cleansing ceremony there. It has nothing to do with a strong, convincing position to realize the crisis. And if then they do that, they will have prioritized the ANC internal matters and unity not based on principle, and they will have uh, turned their back on the public. If that continues, though, should ANC end up having a deal with people who are known to have looted and where the law enforcement has pointed as such, then it will be signing a divorce paper with the public. And they should not be surprised when they lose elections ultimately. 
the early warning signs was when they lost the metros, which they thought they could not. Right now, if you are the president, as I used to say when President Zuma was still in power and ANC lost these metros, when he flew to the seat of government in Tswane, it was under the opposition. When he flew to account in parliament, it was under the opposition. When he flew home to Nganda, it was under the opposition. And that should be telling and an early warning system for the ANC. And the unfortunate thing is that many of its members, tens of thousands, have never really worked in a normal environment except deployments. They will suffer the worst when government is no longer in their hands. Yeah. Professor Somadot uh, Afikeni is talking to us today. We've got about 10 minutes left with him before we wrap up our conversation. I'll go through to WhatsApp. And, Professor, I think it'll be interesting for you to listen to what uh, you know the ordinary South Africans are saying right now at this stage with regard to all of this. And we're going to play some voice notes as well. Uh, let's go to, um, yeah, let's say hello to Salim, I think. Hi, Teresh. This is Salim Adam here. The problem with our country is the electric electoral system we cannot win and the ANC will be able to do whatever they wish is because of the system as long as they can give the social grants keep people poor they will continue to rule because the people will not are not able to understand that you know what what is happening as long as they can see the social benefit they will continue to vote ANC got the Voters captured the way they want it. No matter what they do, nothing's going to be changed. It's going to take a while to see the change. Thank you, Teresh. Thanks, Salim, for your um, your thoughts today. Let's go to Ian. Hello, Ian. Good afternoon, Teresh. The ANC is full of corruption, stealing, looting, lies, manipulation, ransom, full of corruption. I wonder when they're going to get the COVID infection so it can die and a new party can take over and put the country back onto the position where it's supposed to be. Really speaking, I think the ANC needs to get the COVID infection. Ian, I'll be quick to remind you that we can't wish things like that on any individual. Uh, Getting a deadly disease like that is something that we should not be wishing on any individual, any organization. Uh, I do believe that's irresponsible. Thanks for your message, though. Let's go to Mr. Louis Pillay. Hello, Mr. Pillay. Good afternoon, Teresha and the Newsbreak team, Louis Pillay Centurion. Yes, in a campaign or election, all parties do have sponsorships. So how they run it is a different matter. So in the case of Cyril Ramaphosa, he did have a campaign. He did have an election. And and the people and companies sponsored him. But on the other end now, we look at the government on the old or ANC itself. They need to have legal and compliance drawn up as a procedure. And that in hierarchies in the ANC and in government, there's no legal and compliance. And that is a very big thing in South Africa. Even companies do follow legal and compliance in order to relook at the issues or 
white collar crime or nepotism that is happening within the party or within the government or within ANC. Thank you, Louis Pillay Centurion. Thanks so much, Mr. Pillay. We appreciate it. Uh, some text messages now. Sunita in Johannesburg uh, says, no matter what happens, the people will always vote for that party. People never learn. They are corrupt. Uh, Sally Pillay says, a good lesson must be taught to all fraudsters. A good leader will clean out corrupt politicians. They must pay back every cent and uh, take away their high positions. They must get blacklisted and do more community service. Anonymous says the letter from Jacob Zuma is nothing but a fight back from those who are implicated in corruption. Reading the letter, though, I'm convinced this was scripted by none other than... I'm not going to read out who you said, but can I just tell you a little secret? I also thought it was scripted by somebody. People that are not willing to step down are in violation of conference resolutions in Section 25 of the ANC construction, they should be expelled. And Swami Reddy says, Happy Sunday, guys. Okay, Professor Fikeni, thanks for um, for that, for, for, for listening to these messages that came through. Uh, interesting point, and it's a very global one. It's very, you know, it, it's going off topic from what we were talking about here. But many say that, you know, it's pointless even having this conversation because the ANC machinery uh, has so entrenched itself into the psyche of the South African public that whether they're abusing uh, taxpayers' money or not, um, they have a consolidated stronghold that they can always tap into to get them um you know, the votes and to put them into power. But Professor Fikeni, and I think in recent elections, we've seen the opposite of that. Well, not the opposite of that, but we've seen a trend that could suggest that that won't last forever, isn't it? Because ANC has been losing metros, there's been a decline in support, there's been a drop in their, um, you know, in their share of votes uh, nationally. So needless to say that it is going to, at some point, have an impact on the party. Certainly, it is already having an impact on the party, which is on a decline. And remember that in the last elections, ANC had a slim majority, which was the smallest than any other time since 1994. And it will take the urban voters in the main swinging the other direction for ANC to lose power completely. So I can predict here quite confidently that any Pulugwane type of split or the kind of removal of leadership we've seen before in the midterm will lead to ANC to lose power. So they may not even aspire to say who will be the next president because the game will be over. And also on the issue of electoral reforms, I think they should address precisely the helplessness of voters and citizens who after voting for certain people or parties they prefer, it takes just 80 people in the NEC to decide the fate of 57, 58 million people. Whatever they wish, they no longer have control over the process. And that must and should change, especially in the post-constitutional court judgment which is beginning to say our electoral system should change.
Absolutely, and I actually can't wait to talk to you about that in full detail, maybe on another show. But Professor Fikeni, um, just a very quick, just to end on two points very quickly, as briefly as you can. Uh, we've got the issue in KZN, where Zan- Mamzandele Gumede was uh, reinstated at the KZN legislature and now set aside from her duties. Uh, what do you make of that? Because it seems again as if the ANC is not on the same page. Well, I do think that this was simply a problem of politics, where it looks like Zandle Kumade still has a sway in the biggest region in the country, at Tegwini. And she may still be exercising influence and frustrating those who are still there. So it was a matter of keeping her preoccupied and happy elsewhere. But this violated any moral code of what was promised. Because she's been found uh, to have a prima facie case that landed her in detention and she's out on bail. And there is a case. And ANC itself had said she was to be removed precisely because of those allegations of corruption. Now, to say she has now stepped aside, but she will have a salary. It's when you begin to ask whether the medicine is not worse than the sickness it sought to cure. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think based on that example, uh, Professor, what is it speaking? And we started the conversation off on this note. Let's end it now on that note as well. What is it saying then about levels of... um, factionalism and then the way that Nazrek is interpreted. I mean, you have on one hand President Sultan Maposa talking about his vision of based on the those outcomes from Nazrek on how the party should be dealing with corruption. Then you've got former President Jacob Zuma and surely a whole host of other ANC NEC members supporting him. Um, Perverting the very same Nazrek convention and saying how um, Ramaphosa's use of it is incorrect. And this finds expression in examples like Zandile Gumede, where the rules are often changed and chopped, whether it is political influence or whether it is um, political will to uh, you know, rein in members. So on that note, as this NEC meeting continues, this issue of factionalism is really pr- providing an ANC that's doing as it pleases when it suits them, isn't it? Certainly, it is that inconsistency that you should expect from factionalism. And it then removes any pretense of a principled position. That is the problem. Yeah. On that note, Professor Somadoda Fikeni, we thank you so much for your time. It was great to speak with you and we'll keep tabs on this meeting. Thank you very much and all the best. Professor Somadoda Fikeni over there. So there we go. We've done a bit of a discussion on, on some of the outcomes and the pronouncements being made at the ANC-NEC meeting currently underway in Pretoria. Interesting developments to come through there. You can stay tuned to Lotus FM News Bulletins as we um, bring you the latest and we keep tabs, keeping the ear very close to the ground over there uh, to find out what's happening at that meeting. I'll end with some very quick messages now. Darren says, ANC, a new corruption. The values of this great organization is no more. Let's vote them out. And Betsy Subrin from Port Shepston says, We are fed up of corruption. Our country is crying of poverty. The government uh, officials are not suffering like the people. They are well off and government must not waste taxpayer money uh, to have... um 
Yeah, to have uh, hearings just for show. Okay, let's leave it there. The broadcast can be made courtesy of the team, executive producer Salma Patel and Rachel Wadi. I'll talk to you soon. From me, Tareesh, hey, have an awesome day. News break. Lotus FM, powered by SABC News.